Stone Cold versus Mr. McMahon. They gave Stone Cold Steve Austin all he could handle. Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. Everybody in that goddamn dressing room knows that I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Raven versus Tommy Dreamer. He said you weren't a true friend. He said you'd turn your back on me. He was right. Greg the Sound Guy and Mo Lightning versus Common Sense. You rule the world long enough. You're tuned into the newest, greatest feud in pro wrestling. Get ready. You're listening to The Big Show from Wrestling Audio. 13 years we have been gluttons for punishment, and wouldn't you know it, we still keep coming back for more. Happy birthday to us. I am Mo Lightning. He is my co-founder, Greg the Sound Guy. Greg, if we would have had this discussion 13 years ago this week, would you believe that we are still doing this? Considering our first website didn't even last, what, six, seven months, I'd say probably not. No, so it's it's good every year to kind of recap the history. We're not going to spend too much time tooting our own horns, but we did originally launch a column-based site, ultrapw.com. Yes, this was kind of before, uh, this was before social networking exploded. You know, it was, uh, I, th- I think, what was it, in 03, you know, the, the, the Facebooks, Face Smash, Friendster, MySpace, those, those sites were just starting, but they didn't become the global phenomenon that social networking has become. No, it was uh, so, it was So you niche. didn't really have social networking. Actually, right after we started Wrestling Audio, I think all of us started a MySpace page to promote Wrestling Audio. It was a rarity back then. It really was. Nowadays, uh, promotions and marketing via social is no big deal. Uh, Hell, people are a hundred times further along in this process than we are, maybe due to time, uh, lack of effort, lack of creativity, whatever. Uh, But nowadays, it's no big deal. You cross-promote all the time. But back then, podcasting, it's amazing how many people I still come across. Like, what's a podcast? But at least more people know what it is. Now, if you're listening to this right. show, you probably know what one is. <laughs> we were doing it, you know, obviously 13 years. Most people didn't discover it until within the last decade, at least. Uh, we're trying to cross-promote on social media, which was unheard of to most people back then. I remember I did that for my radio show, and I would blog every day. And people, why are you doing that? It's no big deal. And I'm like, why wouldn't I promote myself? To me, it's always made sense. So uh, it's great to see the wrestling audio still alive and kicking so many years later. So many different incarnations of the site uh, with either a video on demand section. We used to have the betting system. We had the news. We still had columns. That's where Dangerous Dave started uh, as a columnist. I mean, we've grown a lot now. We just pretty much focus on Same the social with- and the shows. Same and- with Balls, too, wasn't it? Uh, I think Balls started as a... Did he start as a columnist, or was he a columnist slash host? Uh, could have been. I don't. I don't remember. I'll ask him. I'll ask him later <laughs> this week on the low blow. He might not even remember. <laughs> he doesn't even care. He's like, I just show up every week. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so happy birthday to us, Greg. Uh, you got a couple days left to make good on your. Uh, I'd say your promise, but you didn't really promise it. <laughs> but you got a couple days left to host that solo show. See, I always wait to the last minute for everything. See, like when I had a research paper to do in, you know, in high school. I still haven't done it. <laughs> I would wait till the night before and just bust it all out all night and print it out at four in the morning, go to school the next day with uh, no sleep. But I got that research paper done right at the last minute. Got maybe a C on it. Well, so are you trying to tell people to expect a C-level audio show from you? <laughs> we used to have uh, uh, the B-rate show. We did. We did. Uh, but we so knew. I mean, we, we purposely lowered that level of quality. <laughs> we, we didn't want to, to overshoot, uh, shoot, overpromise uh, individuals. So you're like, oh, this is going to be a really good show. No, no, it's a B-rated show. It's, we're going to put the effort there, but it's probably not as good as other shows. Now, but speaking of which, Darkman Dan had uh, submitted to me a show that I was going to put on the app. There was some complications in the file transfer, so uh, hopefully I, I get another version of it from him. Uh, hopefully he resaved it somewhere, something uh, that I can easily upload it. Uh, anybody that was looking forward to that. It's still the plans, I just, 
I'm a few days later on it than I really wanted to be. But let's focus on today's show. We're going to do a normal big show, something we've been doing for a long time here. News, reports, rumors, headlines, stuff that's caught Greg's attention. And then uh, we keep it on his side of the on the court with Royal Rumble Fun Facts. What what year are we up to now? 2002. Nice, nice. All right. Trucking through the Royal Rumble Fun Facts. Looking forward to that. But Greg, what's going on in the uh, in the wrestling news world that we need to discuss? Uh, we're we're going to keep tradition here. We're going to keep this 13-year tradition going. And I'm going to start out with a news article regarding Rey Mysterio and Lance Storm. Okay. All right. Uh, the Rey Mysterio part makes sense. The Lance Storm. Is he still alive? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Actually, uh, the, the, what the news article is, is uh, uh, Rey Mysterio's son, Dominic, is training with Lance Storm at Storm Wrestling Academy. You mean Eddie Guerrero's son, Dominic. <laughs> right, right. He's already got WWE experience. Yes, he does. Yes, he does, <laughs> poor kid. And, it traumatized and then, him for life, and Ray's like, eh, you're stuck in now. It's Good luck to you, kid. So uh, Ray picked uh, Lance Storm's uh, uh, wrestling school up in uh, Calgary. Oh, that ma- he, uh, that's how he's trying to get him out of the business. <laughs> uh, did you see the uh, Instagram posts? Uh, no, I mean, actually yeah. wrestling audio follows Lance Storm on Twitter, so I knew he was alive, but uh, <laughs> what, what Instagram post are we talking about here? Well, it's uh, just a photo of Ray, Lance, and Dominic, you know, at, at the wrestling school. Dominic is like double the size of Ray Mysterio. It's because it's not Ray's kid. We've already gone through this. <laughs> I mean, you can see it's the same kid in the face that, you know, we remember that little kid uh, uh, during the Eddie Guerrero feud, but he's like literally double the size of his dad. Good for him. Good for him. Now, if he can do half the, the moves that his dad can do, then he's he's on the right path. <laughs> it's like, is he? So I haven't seen the, the picture. Uh, so I, actually, I've been curious about Dominic. Is he is he tall and skinny? Is he is he built? Because obviously, last time we saw him on TV, he was a bit heavy set. Yeah, he he's heavier set. Okay, because yeah, he was a kid, so obviously right. you know you could grow out of that. But I didn't know. I mean, is he still is he just heavy set or is he dare I say obese? No, he's. I mean, like he's not Brodus Clay size. No. Okay. All right. Well, hey, um, you never know. You never right, know. Right. But but he is heavier set. I mean, he he doesn't have the Cody Rhodes slender build. He's an in-between, you know, Cody Rhodes and uh, Brodus Clay. So, uh, stereotypically, he, a guy he's like, hit... He's like two feet taller than Rey Mysterio. So, so what you're saying is stereotypically, in this situation, and I haven't seen Rey move, so I don't know, but we shouldn't probably expect a luchador from him. Well, I, I read, like, Rey's uh, um, caption that he wrote, and... You know, this is only part of the process of of his total training, because he wants he, he mentioned that you know he wants to get uh, training with Lance Storm to get the basics down and the, to get that Canadian style wrestling, and then he wants to take him over to Japan to learn the, the Japan style and personality. <laughs> You're not gonna get that at Lance Storm School. <laughs> Hey, hey, Lance Storm is still trained uh, uh, more successful talents than uh, Taz's finishing school. Why you? Why you gotta be? Taz is not training the guys. Taz is just trying to help them. It's the finishing school. He's trying to get them the connections <laughs> yeah. in the business. But then, and if you're going to Taz, how, how long did that last? If you're if you're going to Taz to to get industry contacts, then you don't really want to be in the industry. Because <laughs> Lord knows that guy has burned a lot of bridges. <laughs> I would do it, but no, no. Lance Storm does put on a credible school, uh, but it is good to have him be well-rounded. You know, Chris Jericho yeah. learned the Canadian style, learned the Japanese style, had the the charisma and the passion, and he's going to go down as one of the all-time greats. Will Dominic? I don't know, but if, if Ray's at least giving him these opportunities, the guy's got a fair shot. And and then Ray finishes up saying that his his final bit of training will be uh, directly from him learning uh, uh, the, the, the Lucha Libre style. And he hopes at that point, you know, Dominic will be ready to uh, take over the Rey Mysterio name 
when he's ready to hang up the mask. And I love that idea. I love that 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 Rey Mysterio. Uh, you know, there was a senior. There's a Rey Mysterio yes. Junior. And now there could be Junior. Jr. I don't know. Whatever. Rey Mysterio the third. Rey Mysterio. They go by the third and maybe. Libre? Yeah, or or he could just be Rey Mysterio and Rey Mysterio is less about a person and more about the brand. Right, and that's and that's actually what he was saying is you know he wants Dominic to take over, you know the 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 he didn't say brand but you kind of tell that's what he meant take over the Rey Mysterio name and take it to the next level bigger and better than what than whatever he took. I love that. I, I know TNA Impact tried it with Ric Flair, the whole Nature Boy thing, that they wanted to move that over to AJ Styles, but AJ probably not the right pick for it, talent-wise, obviously, but it was really WWE in the last couple of years that really embraced the personality and allowed AJ to be AJ, not forcing him to you know, to be styling and profiling. It's like, I like that, you know, Ric Flair got the Nature Boy moniker handed down to him, or he stole it, whatever. <laughs> and then, and then, like he tried to hand it off too. It just didn't happen. And I, yeah, he tried handing it off to David Flair in WCW. Yeah, yeah, he I, it's, he tried. I didn't say it was successful. He would be the P, POS boy. <laughs> but isn't it kind of with Charlotte Flair? She's kind of taken the yeah. The, but they the, don't call her the Nature Boy. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, obviously there she's a chip off the old block and. and right. the, and the David Flair thing, he's he's not the nature boy. He's more like when nature calls, boy. <laughs> uh, but but I like the idea. Maybe Ric Flair's a good example. Maybe he's a bad example. But I like the idea of of handing down tradition. And hopefully it works. You know, sometimes it's not going to feel right. Uh, Curtis Axel, he's a great <laughs> performer, great entertainer in the ring. Like, he's a great wrestler. But if they would have given him the Mr. Perfect gimmick, I don't know if that would have been a good hand-me-down, you know? Right. And then uh, Ted DiBiase Jr. Uh, yeah, being the yeah, million... That... They tried, and it they doesn't tried, always work. Yeah. I don't know. I like the idea, though. Obviously, keeping it in the family certainly helps. But, you know, as you're saying, Dominic's a bigger boy. You know, maybe he's just going to be a bigger guy that moves. Obviously, that breaks most stereotypical molds, but we've seen some big guys that can move Samoa Joe's one of them. Yeah. So I, uh, I like to, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Dominic's going to do, hopefully in the future. And, uh, if he gets to continue on the Ray Mysterio name and that just becomes, uh, a, a new thing, generation to generation. Who knows? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll see. Um, Oh man, I'm drawing a blank on, uh, Matt Hardy's kid. Okay. Well, any one of them really, <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, who knows. I mean, he, he's he, if you got two King parents Maxwell. that are in wrestling with uh, Rebby also in the industry, then I would say the odds definitely increase. But at the same time, I don't know. <laughs> I could see some of these people getting pushed out of it, not because their parents pushing them out of it, but like one of those, eh, I'm gonna do my own thing. <laughs> it should be interesting. I mean, the McMahons keep handing it down person to person to person. Shane McMahon probably handing down Chinese Comcast to his kids. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I didn't even. Um, Shane has three boys, and Stephanie and Triple H have three girls. So basically, you've got three girls and three boys, six kids that are that could be the next heir to to the mid to the the WWE throne versus. What was it? Two kids. Yeah. Currently. Give it give it 20 years. I'll give it 12 years. And uh, we're going to see all of these kids fighting on TV here sooner than later. <laughs> right. They're right. going to be taking these main event spotlights. We're gonna be like, you remember back in 2018 when we were complaining about Roman Reigns filling all the time? Man, I would love to have that back. I mean, now it's just Aurora Rose and Shane's kid fighting all the time. You see that Hell in a Cell spot? Oh, I do that too often. Half of every pay-per-view is a McMahon kid, <laughs> a McMahon grandkid. <laughs> every single pay-per-view is now a Survivor Series pay-per-view because <laughs> you got to get all the McMahons on screen. See, th there's a Survivor Series match, you know, about 10, like you said, about 10, 15 years from now. McMahon in the bank match. <laughs> Whoever wins the briefcase gets to cash in and run the company at any time. <laughs> uh, we're going to be out by then, by the way. 
Wrestling audio will not be around, uh, at least with wrestling us. Audio wrestling audio could be a brand that continues on with your child or one of Balls' kids or Natalie, our uh, former young co-host on the on the station. Any any of the next generation can run it, but if I'm talking about Aurora Rose and Shane's kids feuding on TV, I'm done. I'm out. I can't do it anymore. I'll be too old at that point. What else you got, Greg? I guess keep it with Matt Hardy. Uh, it's announced uh, Matt Hardy has is filming a pilot for a potential WWE Network special. Uh, not much is known about it, uh, but it the WWE did send out um, some surveys recently asking uh, various uh, people's opinion on various uh, possible specials, and one being... Uh, House Hardy Halloween special. Uh, <laughs> I like that. I like <laughs> the idea of that because uh, if he can't use his zaniness in these backyard matches anymore, he could do it like a. It could be like a weekly series, so he could still kind of keep that woken slash broken uh, character going uh, in a WWE Network series. It doesn't have to be in ring. Exactly. I, I could I could definitely see him having some fun with it, bringing back the, the drone and the lawnmower and, <laughs> and all of our favorite Pee Wee Herman-esque characters. Uh, I think it'd be great. I think it'd be fun. It's a good way to get personality on the network. He gets to keep doing his, uh, you know, his gimmick. He gets to continue being creative and maybe proving to WWE that they should keep him around maybe on the creative team, as we suggested in weeks past. Right. So uh, I'm curious to see what he's going to do and if he's got full creative control on this or not. I'm mean, again, like you said, he's he's filming a pilot, which does not mean it's going to be picked up. Right. It just means that he's filming a pilot, but hopefully it's zany out there entertaining enough that people are like, all right, let's see more of this. Maybe it's just an hour of him calling out Edge. <laughs> Going back to the good old days of Matt Hardy promos and mental breakdowns. Uh, there's uh, speculation on uh, Hulk Hogan's next appearance with WWE. Um, did Wasn't there some countdown that Hogan had on his website or something? Yeah, that was for the NWO reunion. Did, did that already happen? Yeah, I that's like, happened. It, it's... it's already had. It shows you how much pen, attention I was WWE allowed the NWO to come back and and reunite and do appearances and promotional stuff and like where where you would never officially get NWO if you got Hall and Nash and, and Bischoff or X-Pac they weren't allowed to use officially NWO branded oh, okay. stuff like they would always wear the shirts that was really right. no big deal but they couldn't sign like NWO well they couldn't put their own like nwo 8x10s out maybe they did anyway without wwe acknowledging but they couldn't promote it blah 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 um now they can hogan asked for the blessing that's what it was so we already knew it was the nwo stuff we just didn't know it was a marketing ploy i mean we knew because it's hulk hogan it's he's full of marketing ploys you know chicken sandwiches and bs like that but you know what I'm saying. So anyway, yes, we you you missed the uh, the Hulk Hogan Y2J countdown. Right, right. Uh, but uh, regarding him and WWE, uh, it the speculation is that Hogan may uh, appear at the uh, next Saudi Arabia event. What was that called? Crown Jewel. Yeah. Is that yeah. what it's called? Yes, it is. And the the one that Shawn Michaels is expected to come out of retirement for. Which we've had fun talking about that over the last couple of weeks, but uh, yeah, the uh, one of the the higher ups, the prime minister, I don't know, they're they're the yeah. Sultan of Swing, I don't know what his <laughs> title is, uh, but yeah, he tweeted out basically that there's a picture of Hulkamania telling us to get ready, apparently per the translation. So uh, I sure, I would I'm be sure shocked Hogan's if Hogan doesn't appear. Hogan's there. all for the big payday. So yeah, so I guess the question is, what is Hogan's involvement? Is it just a promo? Is it just an appearance? Uh, is he getting involved in an angle? Or dare we horrifyingly dream that Hogan's <laughs> wrestling? Because it's not what we want, obviously. Right. It's what Saudi Arabia wants. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So, And with this, you know, and that's what I always, when they did the, the Royal, the greatest Royal Rumble one, it was like, 
you know, it was just basically the Royal, mainly the Royal Rumble with a few matches. So you, you kind of knew what you were getting with this. We really don't know what we're going to get because like I said, like, like you just said, it's, it's uh, what Saudi Arabia wants. So we may see some, uh, we need to worry about Hulk Hogan squashing our tag team champions of Dolph and Drew McIntyre. (laughs) He's going to come out and give big boots to both of them. He's going to hold up tag titles and then Saudi Arabia's going to go nuts. (laughs) Uh, so we may see some stuff that uh, that we never would probably have imagined on. We uh, may see Hulk Hogan an and American Dominic Mysterio <laughs> become new tag champions on both brands. Hell, throw NXT in there, too. <laughs> yeah, because if that's what the king wants, that's what the king gets. The rest of us that watch, we put up with Roman Reigns. <laughs> that's what you get. You guys get force-fed Roman Reigns, but you, Mr. King, you get whatever you want. Well, the day you become a king, Mo, and you, you you can you can dictate to the WWE exactly. In impact, I was a king. I was King Mo. <laughs> I looked a little different, but the points there. Yeah, I'll, I'll work on it when I have my own kingdom. I will. Right, uh, yes. I'll, I'll can't be a king without a kingdom. Yes, exactly. And I put the dumb in kingdom. <laughs> oh, on a side note, did, did you, did, have you been watching Better Call Saul? I haven't watched this week's, but yes. Oh, this week, I'm not going to spoil it. This one's the best one of the season. Okay. All right. I I think you'd like to know my new boss at work looks just like Heisenberg. (laughs) You tell him that? Oh, he knows. He absolutely knows. He also looks like Mr. Clean. (laughs) Does he wear the... So at this upcoming upcoming, uh, Christmas party, get him the Heisenberg hat. He already has it. (laughs) He knows. He knows he looks like Heisenberg. (laughs) That's like he he knows he embraces it because he knows it also could scare some people. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I plan on catching up one of these days, but uh, no, not yet. I uh, some of us have to work, Greg. <laughs> oh, I, I won't spoil it. It is the best one, like, okay, the best one yet. All right, all right. I'll give you it's uh, no, don't spoil. Stop. We can talk about it later, Greg. Greg's like, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but let me tell you about this one scene. It's 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 how they feature uh, Huel. Oh, That's... okay, okay. Well, stop it. All right, no more. All right. And then you should see what they do. To this. Oh, and Mike. Oh man. By the end, I'll tell you the whole episode. Yeah, I know. I know you would. It's like okay. Well, one more thing, and then and that's the whole thing. And then I still enjoy the episode, but I'm still mad at you. All right. So this isn't the Better Call Saul podcast yet. No, no. Yet. <laughs> Greg's working on that, though. So what uh, else you got, buddy? One more. Uh, I got one more news article here, and then we'll go to the fun facts. Because I got, uh, I think, six or seven uh, Royal Rumble fun facts. Okay. Uh, Gold Dust says he's nearing the end of his 30-plus year career. Boo. Boo. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not really too surprising. The guys had... Uh, a hell of a run. The we, guys we thought had... he ended it like 20 years ago, and he still keeps popping back. So uh, He also, he was in a bad spot back then. I'm just glad he was able to survive that era. Right. Because he was really low for a while. He cleaned himself up, got in great shape. Uh, but I, I think at this point, there's probably frustration. He, uh, even before this interview, he had said that he's going to be an all-in two. Yeah, which he... I'd assume would have to not be under WWE contract to uh, make it. He did state the... he did state that WWE did not allow him to go to the first All In. He said he understood. He wasn't mad, disappointed, yes, but he wasn't mad. He understands the business. He's under contract, uh, but he says he's going to be an All In too to support his brother. Uh, obviously, that that probably means that he's leaving WWE, as you just said. Now, does he wrestle elsewhere as Dustin Rhodes to wrap up his career? I would because it. I don't think the WWE is going to let him take the Gold Dust character outside of the WWE. I, and so. even then, at this point, I don't know if he wants to. Right. That's the other thing he said too. He's he's done uh, every uh, character reincarnation he possibly can come up with for uh, Gold Dust. So. So we actually posted this question on our Facebook page at Wrestling Audio, all one word. That. What would you like to see Goldust do? Should he be retiring soon? Either as a character, as a person, whatever. If he is done with pro wrestling in the ring soon, what would you like to see him do before he calls it a career? And 
A lot of people said drop the gimmick, be Dustin Rhodes. A lot of people said be Dustin Rhodes, work with Cody uh, for a match or two, either against him or with him uh, for a little bit. Family legacy, that's all great. But the one that really surprised me that I like, that a lot of people suggesting that he should either feud with or partner, become the mentor of Velveteen Dream. Yeah, because he's an eccentric character, isn't he? He's very eccentric. Uh, he's got some some early heelisms that Goldust used to have. Of course, they both have the connection of, of being, or at least Goldust's former character, being androgynous, where you know he's obviously a dude, but he's got a little bit of feminine qualities to him uh, by design. And, and so maybe Goldust could help him channel that. Maybe yeah. he puts Velveteen over as the next, you know, Velvet Dust. I don't know. We're, we'll work <laughs> on that, but... You know, I think there's a lot of potential there. If he's got one last run in WWE coming, I would love to see him get a title of some sort. But what are the odds that Goldust is going to be able to cleanly beat a Seth Rollins uh, for a mid-card title, you know? Or or a bigger title, you know? Right. Then, while I would love, like, a one-day accidental reign, you know, Goldust accidentally wins a match, or, like, somebody helps him, much like DX helped uh, Mick Foley win that championship way back in the day. Like somebody helps Goldust beat Roman Reigns for the title and then he relinquishes <laughs> it the next day. I would love that. But then you know how many people would be pissed? Oh, Braun Strowman's there all the time and Goldust gets the win? Ugh. Or this is what they're doing with Finn Balor. They're not giving Finn Balor a push, but they give Goldust the world title? Ugh. I hate people, by the way. <laughs> no, but it's... I would like to see Goldust get like a thank you title even if he doesn't have a reign with it it'd be nice if not work with some young talent he's never worked with like a velveteen and see like maybe even move him down to nxt for a couple months before he retires is that i mean he's he's just had two knee surgeries so who even knows if he's even returning to the ring but character wise how many of those guys in nxt could probably benefit from that that boost of working with gold dust who's one of the most eccentric uh charismatic guys in the ring ever yeah exactly yeah, obviously it breaks my heart as a huge Goldust fan to know <laughs> that the end is near, but at the I'm, same I'm time... Actually, I'm looking at your uh, uh, Skype uh, avatar. Oh, yeah. Which has your uh, Halloween costume as Goldust. Of me as Goldust, yeah, from like, <laughs> God, 12 years ago or so, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was good. And every time I tweet that to Goldust, he always retweets it every single time. <laughs> every time, every time. Uh, so, yeah, it's sad. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there, if WWE is not going to use Goldust properly, then why should he stick around? Either as Goldust or himself, you know? Like, both sides will probably be happier elsewhere. <laughs> he didn't sound frustrated in this interview. At least I didn't read huh. between the lines and find frustration, by the way. It just... It seems like he, he's looking more forward to being able to go to All In, too. Yeah, it's just... Uh, it, times change. You know, opportunities pass by, and... They tried to give him a big push, but then he kept losing that time to younger stars who probably have more reason to be invested in. I hate saying it that way, but, you know, those younger guys are the future. Goldust, I don't want to say he's the past, but he's he's not even the present. So <laughs> he's a present to me every time. Like, oh, my God, Goldust. Every time he's on TV, I lose it, but. That's just because it's so rare nowadays, too. If he's on TV every week, I'd be like, hey, it's gold dust. <laughs> it's kind of like the Boogeyman. If the Boogeyman was there every week, I wouldn't appreciate... Okay, I would, but... <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, though. So hopefully, if Goldust is... He's, he's still a legend, right? I believe so, yeah. Absolutely a legend. Uh, Goldust is a Hall of Famer, if you ask me. No, no, uh, Boogeyman. Boogeyman's still a legend, well, obviously right? obviously he's still a legend. <laughs> Why would you ask such a silly question? Uh, and if Goldust is leaving WWE, I hope that there's at least an announcement and not just, oh, Goldust, uh, WWE wishes him the best in his future, you know. Right, he gets I, future endeavored. Let there be an acknowledgement, please, should this happen now or later. That's all I ask, Greg. I don't have a kingdom. If I did, I would proclaim it to happen. <laughs> but I don't, so... Well, thank you for gathering that. I'm sure there's other articles, but I didn't gather news that Greg forgot because I'm not like that, Greg. I trust you. <laughs> Unless you start an article with, uh, start our news with Linda McMahon, then I immediately get on the on the, on the the phone or on the computer. I'll be like, okay, if he's starting with Linda McMahon, it's a slow day. I got to find something. 
<laughs> is that what you thought I was going to start with when I... Uh... When you said, oh, we've got to start back from the past, <laughs> I knew it was either Hawk Hogan, it was uh, Lance Storm, or it was <laughs> Lyndon McMahon. And one of those three is correct. If anybody is not aware, if you're newer or maybe just forgot, Greg is a huge Lance Storm fan. I once got him a bootleg set of DVDs uh, of every <laughs> yeah, single Lance pack. Storm match in WCW. Yeah, see, it was called The Best of Landstorm in WCW. And when I watched it, they literally pulled every single clip that he ever <laughs> appeared on WCW television. Well, according just... to this person who made the DVD, he'd never had a bad clip. It's the <laughs> right, best so of Landstorm. I... It just happens to be everything. Yeah, so I just took it as he was just the best at everything since they just they couldn't. They couldn't leave one single frame of footage out of his WCW time. And it sure. took up like three three DVDs. And that's why it was a perfect gift for you. <laughs> it was a perfect gift for you. All right, Greg, let's talk about the Royal Rumble 2002, correct? 2002, yes. Uh, that was the one where uh, Triple H made his triumphant return after injury. That was a huge ovation, man. Uh, fun fact number one, uh, those in the United Kingdom were forced to purchase the pay-per-view instead of getting to watch it for free. Oh, oh now boo. us in the U.S. probably is a little confused, like, well, it's a pay-per-view. Why was the U.K. getting it for free? Slackers. Well, apparently on uh, U.K.'s channel number four, uh, they had a deal where... They could show pay-per-views for free as long as they showed commercial breaks. Uh, but like all good things, or like all good things, the, the, the free stuff comes to an end. Oh, boo. So, so literally two weeks before this uh, 2002 Royal Rumble, uh, Channel 4's WWE deal expired. It was not renewed. Uh, and days later, WWE came to an agreement with uh, UK's uh, Skybox office, uh, which then put them on a new carrier, which meant all the pay-per-views were back to pay-per-views, costing uh, uh, approximately uh, 14 pounds apiece. Oh, no. Which is oh. about, at the time, 20 to $25. See, uh, that's why they should have a king and not a queen. <laughs> the king would have said, I ain't paying for that shit. Uh-uh. But the queen's so, like, let it be so. And just, well, now they had to pay and catch up to the rest of the world, you slackers, you cheap asses. <laughs> so so meanwhile, like like uh, like you and I, or I should just say just you, and then I, I mooched off uh, the pay-per-views you bought. Uh, you yeah, know, you, yeah. you were spending, uh, what, 20, 30 bucks a month. Yeah, uh, back a, at that time. It's amazing. When I was in college, I seemed to have more money than I do now. <laughs> Nearly two decades into my career. Same here. Why? Yeah. Well, I, you have a family to show. I have a fat cat. That's it's. <laughs> that's really about it. I uh, really need to reflect upon some but things, but. I I wasn't a total jerk. I always brought like a box of pastries or something. Like I was. I never showed up empty-handed. Everyone else would, like, go in uh, on food or on the pay-per-view, chip in towards that. Greg would be like, I brought donuts, and then he'd be the only one to eat the damn donuts every time. It's not my fault you didn't eat the donuts. It's not my fault you didn't read the room every time. And then you'd have your half-cocked concoction. I, I said I brought coffee. Yeah, you did myself. offer that to every Your cup of coffee to everyone. <laughs> So I put this in it, and I put this, and I put this. You want to try it? No, it's okay, Greg. It's really good. Okay, Greg. It's ah. maybe about 2% coffee and 98% everything else. Uh, uh, he who shall not be named. What year was it where I was challenged to whip out my penis at one of the pay-per-views? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyway. Uh, it, was, anyway. it was around that time. It, it was, was around, around that, that time. time. That's what got me thinking about that. <laughs> Uh, that was a wild time. You know, the wrestling <laughs> reflected our personalities. And now that's why we don't gather for these pay-per-views anymore. We all just sit on the couch, playing on our phones or tablets, kind of paying half attention because that's the product we get. <laughs> um, fun fact number two. Ric Flair had to be convinced that he could still go in, a, in, a, in the ring. 
Because you got it. This was one. Uh, Ric Flair was uh, just coming back. He was brought in as the co-owner of the WWE and storyline with Vince McMahon. Um, once his uh, Time Warner contract expired, um, and in the beginning was just brought in as an on-air authority figure uh, with no intention of wrestling. Ric Flair in his book uh, uh, (coughs) talked about uh, having the the prospect of a match with Vince McMahon at the 2002 Royal Rumble. Uh, At the time, Flair admitted that he was not happy with his own physique and he didn't feel worthy, didn't feel he'd be able to uh, do the match. He even admits to have broken down crying in front of Vince, Stephanie, and Shane admitting his fears and lack of confidence. But ultimately, the McMahons, they, they rose him up. They built his confidence up, and he gave him the faith that he needed in his abilities to uh, do the match and move on for, what, a good five five more years in his uh, wrestling career, and WWE wrestling career. Well, that's BS. The first time I met Vince McMahon, Stephanie, and all those guys, I broke down crying, too, and they just had a security escort me out. That's just... <laughs> That's wrong. No, I, I've never met them. Uh, if anybody was wondering if that's a true story. But, uh, yeah, it's every once in a while we all need those moments to be built back up. And he's a legend in the industry, but that doesn't mean he's uh, immune to having the same doubts, you know, self-consciousness that the rest of us do. So good to see that. Instead of going to McMahon, you're fired. You know, no, 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 you need a hug. And just they hugged it out. Uh, this Rumble match was the longest 30-man Royal Rumble ever. I think it still holds up to this day. I don't think any 30-man Rumble has uh, been any longer than this one. Uh, this one was, the, what was it, last uh, last week when we did the previous year, that was a quick one. Uh, this one was a marathon. Uh, a lot of it might have had to do with Triple H's extended entrance. Um but um, this one lasted, uh, I thought I had the time here, one hour and ten minutes, where uh, the record was previously set in 93 at an hour six minutes for a 30-man. You know, I'm actually, on a related note, I am considering taking a little bit of a you know, a little weekend getaway, vacation, whatever, to Phoenix to go see the Rumble in 2019. I've never seen the Rumble live. Anybody that knows here on the site knows that it's my favorite event. It's my Super Bowl. Uh, but I'm I'm nervous to go if this should happen. Should I make these plans? Because the Rumbles back then, they, like, they felt epic. They felt like a big deal. Like this one, as you just said, the longest 30-man Rumble. It was quality and effort and time and thought put into it. Now it just seems like... Uh, a means to get to whoever they're going to push that we don't want to see pushed going into right. WrestleMania. It doesn't seem like they really care to build feuds or end feuds in this match. It's just, okay, how are we going to make so-and-so look really good leading up to the finish? It just, just makes me nervous, Greg, is all. Ah, uh, don't be nervous. I'm nervous. <laughs> I need you to build me up. <laughs> I'll, I'll do the best I can to build you up. To get that confidence to see the Royal Rumble live. I'm doomed. I'm doomed. <laughs> I'll be your motivator. I am so doomed. And speaking of the the length of this Royal Rumble, uh, we had that 40-man Royal Rumble. Um, and the 40-man Royal Rumble, was it in 2011, mm. was only 27 seconds longer <laughs> than this 30-man Rumble. So this almost beat the 40-man Rumble uh, when it came to the overall length of the Rumble itself. But what about the greatest Rumble ever, where entrants are still coming out, Greg? (laughs) How long was that one? Do you have that on uh, the internet? I don't have have any info on that one. So I'm assuming, what was that, 50 or 60? Yeah, it was about 85 people, I think. (laughs) I think, didn't they have, uh, they, they were already sending the next person out before the one person was even hitting the ring? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Hardy Boys split uh, was reset. Uh, in late 2001, the first of many Hardy Boys splits began to manifest. 
with Matt and Jeff uh, um, having a, a match at Vengeance with Lita caught in the middle as guest referee. But within a week, uh, the Hardys and Lita were all taken off television after uh, uh, separate beatings by The Undertaker. And then all of a sudden, at the Rumble, Matt and Jeff returned uh, to the Rumble, uh, took out The Undertaker. Um, or I didn't. I shouldn't say took him out. Uh, they they both fought the Undertaker. They invited the him time. to lunch. They didn't take him out, but they invited him to lunch <laughs> at a diner so he could get some waffles. But it was uh, not even acknowledged that the prior time that we had seen the Hardy Boys, they were in the middle of a split. So it's like they they just completely ignored that uh, first split. I think they both did uh did all right like it took a while but they were both able to benefit from singles runs and whatnot and really establish themselves but sometimes it's good to have teams that always remain teams like we always expect these teams to break up now and it worked out for the hardies in the long run but there's some teams that you know are we gonna look back oh man yeah are we gonna be disappointed that the new day never broke up and feuded with one another (laughs) You know, that's just, that's where my head goes where, but, you know, obviously they saw a lot of money in Jeff and then they saw a lot of Matt. Yeah. I don't know. It's first of many breakups. It's like the first of many Terry Funk retirements. It happened. (laughs) Uh, Come to think of it, wasn't this the one where uh, Maven ended up eliminating the Undertaker? The drop kick. Yeah, the the drop kick. And then Undertaker nearly like hangs himself on the bottom rope. (laughs) Because <laughs> he does the flip and he doesn't completely flip properly, or like he flips too much and compensates, so he kind of hangs himself almost. And and Maven's like, "Yeah, yeah, go me. Yeah, I'm gonna be here for like another two months." So, so it's like a double shot because you get that drop kick that you weren't expecting, and the Undertaker getting eliminated so quickly, and then he then uh, gives Maven, I think, the most unprotected chair shot of all time. I do remember that. I had to think about that for a moment, but yeah, you're right. That did happen. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's one of those you Different watch era. it now and you're like, oh, if only they knew what we know now about concussions. Yeah, yeah, and a little. Different era back then. Of course, they were still riding high and still trying to capture the buzz of the industry after they took out their own competition. <laughs> right. Yeah, this was that uh, kind of transitional period from the... Uh, from the Attitude Era to the Ruthless Aggression Era. Yeah, uh, right before the Superstar Era, <laughs> uh, which led into, what is the Kurt Era? Or, I think we are out of the Superstar Era, aren't we? Is this the... Yeah, this this is what they call the, what, not not the new... The new breed? It's not the new generation. The new it's breed the new versus something. the millionaire. The new breed. <laughs> yeah, F-U-H-H. <laughs> or no, F-U-T-B, F-U Terry Belaya. What was the shirt that Billy Kidman used to wear? In the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The new blood or no, versus... no, that, no, no. It was uh, it was Hogan that wore a. It was, a little, it was like a Fubu shirt. Oh, F U B K. Instead of it saying Fubu, it said F U N B for F U. Oh okay. Uh, new I'll blood. Say, better not say F U B K because what did Burger King do wrong? <laughs> well, I know around then they tried changing their fries. It didn't work out for them, but that's not enough to wear a shirt disrespecting <laughs> them on TV. I don't know what is the current generation called the, uh, the <laughs> I like the, the the social media generation the Roman the, Reigns the, generation what are we calling it the, the network era maybe I don't know I don't know if somebody actually knows what it's called and not just what you think it's called but you actually know <laughs> if there is an official term let us know at Wrestling Audio but um, if you're like oh it should be called this all right cool but you know whatever. So uh, six of the final eight entrances lasted three minutes or less. <laughs> Again, I'm blaming that on Triple H's entrance, his, his extended entrance. <laughs> Maybe it went a wee bit too long, and they're like, oh, we got to speed this thing up. Yeah, Triple H was allowed to bask in the glow of his return. It was a big return. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if Undertaker gets to take you know uh, a whole quarter segment to himself every time he comes out, then somebody else should be allowed to here and there. <laughs> it's only fair. Not everybody has to run to the ring like Warrior did. <laughs> like, slow down, man. Take your time. We got to... Okay, well, he just ran to the ring. We got another 45 <laughs> seconds to kill. Uh, Austin was the first man to make... 30 um, con- uh, commu- uh, 
Yeah. 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 Accumulative eliminations was the word I was trying to say. No, so I mean, over the course of all of his Rumble matches, he was the first uh, person to hit number 30 for eliminations. There you go. There you go. I'm sure Roman Reigns probably has that beat by now. Yeah. I'm sure or... Roman Reigns had that within, what, probably his first two Rumbles. <laughs> he got it in the first one somehow. <laughs> he's, he's talented. You know, Roman Reigns able to eliminate 30 people in his first Rumble. In a 30-person Rumble, including himself. Yeah, all right. Roman Reigns Royal Rumble record. Uh, but uh, but Austin would have been the first to hit uh, 30. Uh, the next wrestler to reach 30 eliminations wouldn't have come until 2007 when Shawn Michaels hit that plateau. And then the third was The Undertaker in 08 when he, uh, when he wrestled in that one. Okay. Right. So I honestly don't know, like, uh, Roman, that's all the info I have. I don't know who else has, has hit that that cumulative uh, spot all right. uh, in I'm the 20 teens. Strowman has the single one now because of the greatest oh, okay. Royal Rumble. Oh, right, right. It's hard to keep up. Maybe it's because I don't want to keep up with some of this <laughs> stuff, you know? I don't want to know that uh, Roman Reigns is beating my, my boy Kane. <laughs> It uh, just uh, just disappoints me. And the final fun fact is, up until this point, it was the most bought Royal Rumble ever. They were and, still riding high back then, man. Uh, may, maybe it was Triple H's comeback. Uh, maybe it was uh, Kid Rock's uh, cocky theme song. Uh, maybe it was... Uh, People wanted to see because that had the uh, Chris Jericho versus The Rock for the Undisputed Championship. Right. Uh, but the 2002 show did uh, 670,000 buys. That's not bad. Uh, and, and actually, uh, from what I'm reading, uh, it actually has the most buys ever in a Rumble because it says no other Rumble would ever go over 600,000. And it's at least when it comes to pay-per-view buys, it's never going to hit that mark again in the uh, network era. Man. Now, do now do we have more than uh, 670 people watching it live on the network now? Could be. Yeah. No. It's hard to say. 670 total people. Yeah, and, the, and since the network started, you think we've we've beaten that number in total views? No, actually, judging by the quality of product today, uh, maybe we start with that number higher than that. But uh, the, better, the better question is, how many people are still awake by the end of it? That's that's a whole other one right there. No, that's when you're watching the Hall of Fame ceremony. That's the question you got to answer when you're watch when you're watching the Hall of Fame. All right, so cumulative of uh, eliminations in the Rumble still belongs to Kane right now. Or, or all incarnations of him, he's still at 44 total. Oh, okay. Um, with Shawn Michaels and Undertaker at 40. So I suppose Undertaker still has a chance to possibly match the record, maybe even beat <laughs> it. I mean, he's still going. He's still going. And I guess Shawn Michaels does too if he's coming out of retirement, it seems. <laughs> um, Stone Cold at 36, Triple H at 33, Big Show 31, Roman at 30. Oh, so Roman so, will Roman, be. Um, yeah, Roman's right on his way of uh, just uh, maxing out on anybody. Now, now, now let's look at this number though. All right. So Kane or Doctor Doctor Isaac Yankum or Fake Diesel, whatever version of him has has been around, he has been in nineteen rumbles. Right. And has forty four eliminations. Roman Reigns has thirty eliminations in only five. I got the calculator. What what was Kane's again? You said uh, forty four, forty in nineteen. So that you said nineteen, right? Correct. Okay, so that averages to two point three eliminations per rumble. Two point three. While Roman is at thirty eliminations in 30 five. In five. That averages to six. Per rumble, so uh, Roman Reigns averages 
almost three times the eliminations per rumble that uh I want to. I want to do two more. All right. All right. So Roman's at six to, yes. to Kane's two. Right for uh, all right. average. How yes. about thirty-six eliminations from Stone Cold Steve Austin in six? Should be six again, right? Six or five? I don't know. I'm bad at math. I'm bad at everything. It's six. So so he's tied with Austin for average. Okay. All right. One more. I want to do one more. Twenty-five eliminations in three rumbles. Oh, who's who's that? Uh, is that a higher number, my friend? Yes, that's eight point three. That's Braun Strowman's average right now. Ah, so Strowman's even beating Roman Reigns for average. Yeah, and I was actually we're busting just going, out the math. I'm going through the Rumble stuff right now. Goldust <laughs> has appeared in the second most Rumbles, only behind Kane. <laughs> Goldust is one more. He's at thirteen. He's not going to match Kane's before he retires. But that's good to know that Goldust is somewhere near the top of a record book. <laughs> or something yeah yeah so that's that's kind of cool there so anyway i just thought that was that was uh interesting now which which female has the shortest run in the royal rumble greg which female i mean we've only had one well, are we are <laughs> yep. we talking about the female royal rumble or are we talking about the two or three times that we've had a female in the male Royal Rumble. No, even then, they, they did better than this female. So in the female Rumble, do you remember who had the okay. least amount of time? I don't, because uh, I I don't think I even watched it. Uh, you missed out. It was okay. It was pretty fun. Um, especially Trish Stratus, like, oh, mocking. Oh, no, no, I, I did watch it. I did yeah, watch it. Trish mocking Trish Sasha Banks and whatnot. Yeah, it was, right, it was right. pretty good. But no, it was uh, Vicky Guerrero. Oh, okay. Vicky uh, was in the ring for a whole 57 seconds. Right, yeah, she was in and out. I remember that now. I uh, do love the rumbles. Can it be January already, Greg? You've built me Close. back up. It's right around the corner. See, I, see, yeah, I was trying to build you back up, get mm. you excited to see that live rumble. You did a good job, my friend. Good job. If we missed anything, anything you want to talk about, elaborate on, something we should uh, continue discussing here on the airwaves or on social, reach out to us at Wrestling Audio, Patreon, Amazon. Uh, if you want to buy some merch, if you want to download our, uh, or subscribe to us on iTunes, we've got an app. We are everywhere. 13 years later, we're still here, and we're so sorry. <laughs> hey, this is the King of the Mountain, Jeff Jarrett. TNA Knockout, Madison Rain. This is Big Daddy B. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. Find us on iTunes. Search for Wrestling Audio. Wrestling Audio. WrestlingAudio.com. So subscribe to your feed, then tell your friends.